0: Hola, you are listening to First Gen Healing, a podcast on Latinx healing and awakening journeys. My name is Priscila Luna. I am your host, and I'm going to let today's guest introduce herself, mujer, let us into your world. Hola, my name
1: is Viridiana Rodriguez. I'm a Latinx licensed clinical social worker, and I am here currently in Long Beach, California. Um, And I'm excited to be here today. Yay. Oh, Long Beach.
0: I miss Long Beach. <laughs> yeah. I lived out there for 10 years. So quite some time. Yeah. It's such a beautiful city. Huh? Yes. I love
1: I love where I live right now. Um, living by the beach, mm. being able to walk. Um, by the beach, my my, my happy place, um, and be able to ground myself as much as I need on a daily. So are you originally from Long Beach? I am originally an Orange County girl. Um, I pretty much raised um, in Anaheim, California. Mm. Um, lived there most of my life um, with my family. I am the youngest of four. Um, okay. And um, my parents and my siblings were from Guadalajara, Jalisco. Mm. Um and they uh were all born in Guadalajara. I'm the youngest, so I was the last one that was born here in the
0: US. Mm, okay. <gasps> Youngest of four. Okay. Mm -hmm. Super interesting because we've had here eldest, a lot of eldest apparently (laughs) that um, I've connected with. So I would love to just hear a little bit about that experience growing Mm -hmm. up here, knowing that most of your family is from Mexico. And how did that feel to you? Was it something that you were aware of and noticed, or Mm -hmm. maybe it wasn't like a big thing in your upbringing?
1: No, definitely. I mean, every year, every summer and every Christmas time we would go um to Guadalajara. so mm. I I knew <laughs> yeah like you know like I was always like um in this world of like I feel from from there you know when I would mm. go every year like I I really identified a lot with my upbringing there and um since I would visit every year um, as a kid but then i would come here and obviously i um since i was little being able to go to schools here um the education Mm -hmm. system here as well and being between those both worlds right as a first generation latina Mm. um being put in this box that sometimes subconsciously we get put on um, and being able to balance, um, being able to be from both worlds mm-hmm. um, has been a constant battle.
0: <laughs> yeah. yeah, super interesting. I think, you know, as I have more conversations, I'm starting to get curious on how the younger or maybe middle child received the first gen experience Um how I have interpreted is that the eldest really holds or remembers the you should be grateful. You had it be- you have it better than, you know, your parents did or you have all of the things that we didn't have growing up. And also just really held the responsibilities on the translation of things and being like a partner to parents. Wondering if you had a similar experience or if it was different. And <laughs> yeah, if you can tell us a little bit about that.
1: Yes. So I think a lot of what I've been um, as being the youngest, being able to do and being the first to do a lot of things, I think I've been able to do that because of my oldest, um, mm-hmm. because of her holding the front of supporting my parents, helping my parents um, financially, even um, with medical um Responsibilities, right? Appointments, um, translations, right? All those things that, to some level, we all help in and within my family. Um, but I do, I do believe that the oldest definitely holds a lot of, of that role still. Um, mm. I do believe, to some extent, she is still holding it, and because it's giving her some type of comfort as well. Even though yeah. me being the youngest, at my journey me giving her that sense of like, Hey, you can, it's okay. Like you can move on. I can help now. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, and trying to take that part of that role to some extent. Um, but she's not wanting to let it go because there's a lot of letting go there too, that you need to do within yourself. Right. Um, but I'm very grateful the fact that I had. Been able to get an education, get my master's degree, do my goals that I've been wanting to do, but also because um, my family and my support um, from my parents and the oldest um, still helping as well. Um, mm-hmm. I've been I've been able to do what I could do so far. I'm having the privilege to do a lot of the first of moving out, right um, mm-hmm. from the home of not of, of a home that. You don't move it unless you're married or have kids, right? Um, and I was the first to do that, <laughs> with within other things as well.
0: Wow, how beautiful that you're playing a part in her letting go a little bit, or at least even I think giving her the permission slip or the. Um, encouragement to do so i think is a big help i at some point in my life you know uh had a similar conversation with my younger sister where she was like hey you don't have to hold all that you know Mm -hmm. and sometimes as eldest i think we are never really we don't feel like we have an option you know Mm -hmm. so even being told hey it's an option actually like it's really cool and nice that you've done it but you have an option to let it go can be also really freeing. So really nice that you've been able to do that too for your your eldest sibling. So we're gonna get into the juicy part, the (laughs) healing or awakening. Yeah. (laughs) So what do you resonate with most? And I know that's a a, a loaded question sometimes, but would love to know for you, what do you resonate with most? And when do you think that process started for you?
1: Yeah, definitely. That's a big loaded question. I feel like I'm still in it. <laughs> um, I think that it really started for me, um, it happened in 2020. Um, mm. okay. It was, uh, I think we were already half the year during our lockdown. Um, and I noticed a lot of um, body pain so Mm. one of my right elbows started hurting um and in society right um when we get alert um a lot of our physical systems um when they start to kind of not work as well or there's a medical condition right that's when we start getting concerned but we never go within and really ask ourselves like with regards to our mental health so for me um our body talks right so for me my what resonates with me with regards to just my awakening is my body started talking to me my mm. body um started really alerting me of like hey you need to slow down like there's something up um you are potentially maybe feeling a lot of burnout and uh, feeling a lot of maybe unhappiness and sadness or frustration or stress, right? Mm -hmm. And my my body started talking and that's when I was like, wow, I'm a very healthy person overall. Like I've never had anything in my life where it was very serious health-wise. So for me, being able to experience like a lot of right, elbow pain um and if you're very spirituality based like your right side is your masculine side and you're always doing right you're always like the doer you're always performing you're always doing something um and you're constantly on your masculine side and a lot if that's that's me that i had Mm. performed for so many years um, and that side, and it kind of, my body was kind of giving up and my body was like, Hey, there's something up, like there's something going on you're, and, and yeah, my body was talking. And then that's when I started to get, kind of really go within and ask myself what areas of my life, am I unhappy? What areas am I not having joy? Um, I need to make some changes. Um, and mm. I was really unhappy with where I was working at, um, I I was working for a school district that I was a student at um, and I was like, this is my dream like position. I wanted to come back. I wanted to give back, right? This is where Mm -hmm. I'm at. But because of the consistency of the need that was happening within school district um, and the mental health needs within students, I was
0: burning out Mm -hmm. um,
1: and I was really unhappy.
0: Wow so i want to maybe ask you when or what impulse you into thinking in the context of my body is speaking to me and there's something beyond um mm. the physical pain because i think that that's a a really big transition or change of thought right typically your head hurts i'm gonna take a advil uh ankle hurts, I need to go to the doctor, right? And so then there's x-rays and it's a very physical way of looking at pain. So I'm wondering for you, I don't know if maybe like your career had already led you into some of that information or how did you come about that information and then what triggered it for you to be like, hmm, I need to look deeper. This isn't just a, a hospital visit.
1: Yeah. So I I mean, definitely as a mental health provider, um, sometimes it's even harder for us to ask ourselves those same questions, right? Mm. And go deeper. But um, I think people around me also have a lot to do with where I'm at and um, going deeper and asking myself those questions and switching that mindset, right? Of like, there's something else, right? Um, I started seeing... A chiropractor and um within that I also have a spiritual coach and mm. um and mentor and with me doing work with her at a very young younger age um and doing like energy healing work uh by by seeing her as well that got me to really ask myself those questions is by people that I surround myself with um mm. and taking a step back in and really asking like what's going on in my life. Um,
0: yeah, I see. Wow. So you mentioned working with a spiritual coach even a little bit younger or pre prior to 2020. Mm-hmm. I'm wondering like what that was about. If you can tell us a little bit more, yeah. uh, because I think as first gens, I at least you know I've been noticing I have this idea that perhaps. Fellow first gens won't be as interested in the things that I am in, when it comes to spirituality, when it comes to energy work. So it's always like exciting to me to hear someone who's like, yeah, I'm interested in that too. When you become a licensed clinical social worker, you have to
1: take a four hour test. and for me, I'm not a good t- test taker. And mm-hmm. I, um, I was really anxious about taking a four-hour test, a four-hour clinical test, that um, there was a lot of pressure on, on, on me that I was putting onto myself to pass this test on the very first time. Um, mm-hmm. And I had reached out with my support system, people that surround me, um, really being vulnerable with with her, um, with a friend of mine. And she's like, I think um, you being able to see Amelia um, and she can uh, help you uh, balance your energy um, and your chakras before you go into a test that there's so much mental and physical um aspects that go into that too so um i think me just being very open i'm just i'm a very like open person like i'm willing to give Mm -hmm. everything a try at least once so Mm -hmm. i know i know if it's going to work for me or not and that's just kind of like who I am, what I do. Um, if something is really like resonating with me, like, Ooh, that sounds interesting. I'm willing to give it a try. Um, and, and being open to, to see what is going to bring me. Cause I think that's also being trying to be part of your, um, other side of your feminine energy is to be able to know how to receive, Um, Mm. and and knowing how to receive and being open to opportunities um, and not always saying, no, that's not gonna work for me. Yeah, that's not for me, right? Like, yeah, Yeah. being very guarded and shut down um, and being that as that's your like automatic response. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, I guess being a therapist can also be a huge factor with um, my responses, but um, within situations that I've encountered, Um, there's always a deeper level that I go um, into my own healing with.
0: Mm, Okay. So then someone suggested energy work. You were like, okay, I'm up for that. Mm -hmm. Got it. And so it was maybe like dipping your toe into that area Mm -hmm. of life. (laughs) And sometimes like when things get so bad um, in people's
1: lives, um, they're kind of desperate, right? And it's kind of like, I'm just going to try, right? Like at this point, what else cannot happen to me, I guess, right? Yeah. So um when you're in that mindset of like I just I need something, right? Like I am willing to try.
0: Mm-hmm. And so you've, you know, you've mentioned ma- masculine and feminine energy and that your right side started hurting. We'll go back to you mentioning your dream job. And um, I have exited the corporate world and have seen a change in my right side. And it's weird to me because I feel like it's, I'm tapping into my feminine by leaving corporate, by doing all of these things, but somehow right side has been shot. It's kind of like, what are you doing? <laughs> yeah. yeah,
1: that definitely can happen. Um, It, it can come in waves, but as we connect with ourselves more and we connect with like our values and um, what's truly making us happy, that is our our friend of inside.
0: Mm. And that's definitely a journey, right? Being able to do that, especially when you've worked up into your dream job. So let's talk about that. Maybe uh, in 2020, was it when you first started there, working there? Um, I started no
1: I started um, working there in 2017 okay um but just I have been working with a um with that position with multiple school districts um for 10 years before before I left um okay. and and now where I'm at currently but um, with that specific district um and going back and that was like my dream job I was there from 2017 to actually 2020. And then I went to another school district thinking like, oh yeah, things are going to get better. Uh, no.
0: So let's talk about 2017 to 2020 before because I I already have such an aligned experience of like it's not maybe it's the it's the place it's the boss right and giving it multiple (laughs) multiple attempts like it's not it has to be something else so wondering um, how it kind of played out what what did it mean to go into your dream job and then when did the fairy tale start to crumble.
1: Yes. I mean, I definitely wanted to go back to the same school district where I was a student um, and really give back to my community um, in Anaheim. So the fact that I was there, I made it right. And I was um, at multiple schools um, providing mental health support for students, um, being an advocate there. Um, I just just started to notice a lot of burnout um that I was experiencing mm. a lot of things that were not aligning with my values um where I wanted to continue to head and do um for the future um I just was burning out at that point um mm. and my body my body was feeling it, and after that, I decided to. Go to a different district, thinking that um it will get better, and it's maybe just the, the actual school district. Um, but it's not. Um, it didn't get better. Um, because it's the whole system itself that I was going co- constantly against. Mm. Um, that wasn't really aligning with who I am and my values and what I wanted to give. Um, and how I felt super restricted. Um, and the
0: impact that I wanted to do. Mm. I remember that experience. I think that I had a similar experience where I kept, it felt like running up against walls. Would mm-hmm. you say that resonates? Kind of like, mm-hmm. it's not necessarily one big thing that happens. It At least for me, it was like a lot of little things. And it was like, well, maybe it's, it's just me this time. And then maybe it's this coworker. And maybe, you know, like, and then it, it was just like, Actually, what if it's everything <laughs> like what yeah. if I stop making excuses for it? Yeah,
1: yes, I do believe it was um one situation after another situation after not a like it wasn't aligning with me mm. um and and yeah, I just had to ask myself a lot of questions in regards to where I wanted to head um and taking that leap of faith and um, leaving um, the overall my one, uh, my nine to five position that I had um, done for ten years, and go go for my private practice that I'm currently with Amar Therapy.
0: Mm-hmm. So I think we can say it in a, in two minutes, and it sounds like easy, but I know that it's really hard. And I want to maybe take you back to what were some of the things um that helped support you during this time you know I think like when you've put all of your time and effort towards something your hopes and dreams and you see yourself living something out for a really long time to then be really disappointed by it and then have to decide even consider actually let's not even get into decide to leave even consider to leave can be really tough and I assume that there's likely a lot of people in that position right now. So if you can just tell me, what are some of the things that that started to make you head in the, dis- in the direction of deciding? And mm-hmm. then also what did your support system look like, if any, during that time?
1: Yes, so I did, um, I started to really question like what I wanted to do, right? If it wasn't this 10, um, Ten-year position that I had been doing, um, and I was doing private practice um, with MR therapy part time. So for me, it was very—I was working my nine to five Monday through Friday, and on Saturdays um, I would see private practice clients, and I did that for a solid two years. Um, okay. in, in order for me, in order for me to feel financially like, okay in having a foundation to take that step in that way, financial wise, um, emotionally wise, I have my own therapist, um, and being able to see my own therapist to work through a lot of scarcity mindset stuff, um, mm-hmm. work through a lot of fear, um, Yeah, um, there was a lot of trauma to that too, that I had to work through myself. Um, On top of that, having my support system of people that knew me truly um, and what I needed to do for myself and that they have been there since this point um, forward and being my support system and supporting my businesses and my projects that I'm doing um so really who you surround yourself with has a lot to do with um where you're heading and how you feel about yourself and um in your future um mm-hmm. because even even that changed um within that process like um my my inner circles were changing and they have been changing um so definitely there's that spanish saying um it's yeah. so true. Like it's super important that you do also surround yourself with empowering people, people that are good for your mental health, that are going to support you there, um, in your own journey, whatever it looks like. Um, yeah. So yeah, um, getting my own support is super, super important, and I continue to have that. Um, and financial wise, like for me was building a foundation to actually make that step and take
0: Mm, that leap. Yeah, I think what you're saying is super important about the people that surround you. And I think like a practical, I, because I think at many times I used to hear that, but I was like, well, what do I do? I can't just like leave my friends and then like find new ones all of a sudden, right? But I think what it can also mean is finding people that inspire you, following yes. people that do that, that are living out a life that looks more fulfilling to you. Correct. And one of the things that I explained to like my coaching clients is that it's not just because you're then surrounded by people and they're going to empower you but also the options that are presented to you or solutions to problems are different right i don't know if you face this but when i started to feel kind of caged in in my job and i felt like running up against these walls i it took a long time to speak up for one Mm -hmm. i mentioned in the first or the intro of the podcast that i felt like my concerns weren't valid because i wasn't working as hard as i had seen my parents ever work so it was like what are you complaining about you're making better money than your family ever did and you're not working nearly as hard this is the path like shut up (laughs) and the thing is when I finally spoke up it was kind of like that was mirrored to me like you're actually doing great this is a great job what else could you ask for so the people I surrounded myself with did not see other opportunities or possibilities because they were in a similar boat than I was,
1: yes, yes, it's super, super important to be mindful and have awareness of that though, and it's super um important that we also question like a lot of those narratives that you brought up, right, like those narratives of, like um of like you shouldn't complain, you have it good, right like all those, so it's really pay- paying attention to. Whose whose voice is that? Is that is that mom and dad? Is that mm-hmm. like a cousin, right? Like she's high, you know, like <laughs> um, like you have to ask yourself, who are those little voices that, to some extent, you've embraced them, but now you need to really ask yourself, is this really helping me? um like for my future and and, my, and the future that I want to create, or do I need to break that inner voice and break that cycle, right? First generations, we're cycle breakers and we need to question, we need to speak up. And we we're not raised, at least I was not raised to speak up. Yeah. Um yeah. and que, que te ves más bonita and um y tu que sabes, right? It's and because I'm the youngest, right? Mm-hmm. Um a lot of that um, is part of that inner voice sometimes that we need to challenge. It's like, no, you'll see set, right? And mm-hmm. this is my own experience and really owning your story is super important. And that that is who you are um, because you just never know who you're going to inspire um, and people can really resonate with who you are.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So I think in terms of like practical steps or if we were to give, I mean, it's a million steps in one, right? But perhaps step one is start questioning, start asking yourself, what is it? So if you're feeling unhappy, you're running up against these walls and walls can be a number of things, right? You mentioned like what you were maybe being asked to do versus what you thought you should do. That's a a, um, conflict in interest, right? Or conflict of morals and values. It can be you're you go up for a promotion and you're continuously denied and you're not necessarily like you don't know why it is it can be a ton of different things but start to question and start to also try like i think if you just stay in one job and then try to question it's hard for you to really paint the picture of what is wrong and what you need but you mentioned like going from a one district to another so a couple of districts a couple of jobs to get an idea of what is wrong and what's going on um similar to me you know i think i went from like one corporate job to the next like okay let me mm. see is it different here so yeah qu- step 0 experimenting making sure that you give everything a try then get step- curious get curious ooh i love that yeah get, get curious get, yes get curious ask questions
1: like I'm very open, right, to giving things a try. I, I get curious um about something. I get interested, I'm like, "Ooh, that sounds interesting. Like um, I'm willing to give it a try. It's so important that you give something a try because that's the only way that you will know if it's for, if, if it's for you or not, right? Yeah because or else that like what if will always be there if you
0: don't give it a try. Mhm yeah so i love that so step 1 get curious <laughs> and step two ask questions get ask questions to yourself right as well get deep do the the inner work and then I would say step three evaluate what uh, who you're surrounding yourself with what content are you consuming because I think that that also can impact the way that you view life and what you think is possible for you um, so that was step three what would be step four I think Um,
1: having a lot of self-compassion with your own self um, is super important in the process no matter where you're at Mm -hmm. Um, that you're human that you are only going to know what you truly want and need um, with you getting curious right? but don't be so hard on yourself Mm -hmm. um, because nobody has it figured out Um, And it's important that you give yourself a lot of Mm self-compassion.
0: And if I were to give a step five, don't think it's been a waste of time or energy or money. I think that that's what it feels like. And that can also be like a down, like it pulls you down. It drains you, right? All of this effort, all of this time. But Actually, my mom has a saying like, todo lo que aprendes lo vas a usar en la vida at some point. Oh, yeah. And it's been so true. So whatever experiences you've had are teaching you something and also maybe they'll align with what you're going to be doing next. So I think for you, it's directly aligned. So yeah. maybe we can talk a little bit about how you took the step into Amar ter- Therapy, like what, yeah. um, how did you, I guess, initially start that, and mm-hmm. how did that come about for you?
1: Yeah, so I started my private practice world um, by me being part of a group practice first. Um, mm. Again, I was, like, getting curious. I always knew that I wanted to do private practice in the future, so I started with the group practice and really um, kind of uh, was learning how the world of private practice is like, Um I was there for a year and then i decided to leave because i also knew that i'm like okay i built another foundation right I felt like, like a, i build that foundation for me to go on on my own as a sole proprietor mm-hmm. um and start my own business so i am my therapy how it actually came about in the name of it was i wanted i wanted a, a spanish word um in the beginning um or part of my name, of my business name, because it represents me and Mm. and it's who I am um, as a Latina. And I think that a lot of people come to therapy initially um, because of love, because of them wanting to learn how to love themselves more or because of a romantic relationship love, right? Um, But I think that if anybody would want to come to therapy and what i've experienced is is because of love in general so love um amar means to love um and amar therapy and that is my overall umbrella of um of my company and Amar therapy definitely has given me a lot so far and um i guess now it's been well full time that i've been doing my business um is now six months and i feel like it's been actually feels more um because i did it part-time um but Mm. now like fully embrace it um has been since the summer in july of 2022 so i definitely have been doing a lot with it um i do the individual therapy with clients in person and um, telehealth um but i'm also doing other projects as well
0: Wow. What a beautiful name, honestly. I mean, I knew it was a beautiful name, like since the moment I followed you, you know, and the name yeah. I think like is like, ooh, I want to follow that account. But then the, the meaning behind it. Oh, so, so nice. Wow.
1: Yeah, I think that love in general, um, a lot of our childhood in our culture, um, we were not taught and even how to learn to love ourselves or even mm-hmm. properly to love others and express. As simple as just expressing feelings, right? Yeah. Learning how to identify feelings and going within and asking yourself those questions, right? Like, why am I like am I unhappy right now? My body's reacting, right? Going back to that. But um I do a lot of childhood um trauma and we go into uh why we even have felt unlovable um Mm. so love is the core to a lot of things
0: in our life Mm -hmm. I agree and that's why I think it hit when you said that because you're right I think whether it's lack of love or the wrong kind of love or (laughs) It's true. (laughs) Yeah, wow, I love that so much. So can you maybe tell us a little bit more about the community that you're currently serving in your practice?
1: Yeah, so I currently see um, Latinx um, population with regards to them, first generation, but like in regards to them experiencing a lot of symptoms of depression, um, anxiety, um, like I said earlier, uh, childhood trauma, um, we talked a lot, a lot, a, a lot about relationships um, in our lives. Um, we do a lot of inner child work as well. Um, I bring in, I'm also a Reiki practitioner. I haven't mentioned mm-hmm. that. And I totally forgot um, because it's something that recently I have been exploring more and and bringing those tools Forward, But um, doing energy work um, as a Reiki practitioner on top of um, being a mental health therapist right now as well, it's really bringing all those tools into sessions um, and how that can help my client's um, healing journey. So wow. being able to really integrate a lot of alternative um, treatments, um, not your typical um, mental health um tools as well and interventions. But yeah, so I see a lot of first-generation Latinos, um, Latinx, and a lot of first-timers, literally. I, mm-hmm. I get so honored and I, I get so much joy to um, know that I, it's their first time in therapy and like I'm I'm their first therapist too. It's like yeah. this like level of like proudness to though. Um, so yeah, I see a lot of women, female, and males. Um, Mm -hmm. I just see adults at the moment as well.
0: Got it. I think like it's so important what you're doing. And I love that you're integrating now the energy piece. Because um, one thing that you kind of learn as you're on the healing path or the awakening path is how important it is to be or feel safe in your body. And when I first went to therapy, that was not mentioned to me at all. And no, like I'm not faulting them whatsoever. Um, The intent of the therapy I think was different, but after therapy, there was still something that was like, okay, it helped, but there's still something there, right? And I didn't necessarily Mm -hmm. know how to address it. For me, it came after really being intentful about building a relationship with myself and boundaries and all of these things that started to create An atmosphere or environment for me to feel safe, but I think that when there's probably like mental health and energy work mixed, that can be something that comes about earlier in people's journey, then.
1: Yes, it's really um, neat on how I integrate some of those tools um, into our sessions Um, as simple as just literally being able to go like this um, with regards to just. Envisioning that trauma or body sensations that you're feeling into certain um, movements. Um, mm-hmm. I do a type of therapy that's called EMDR, which also I help with a lot of memories um, that my clients have and that we all have with regards to how present um, some past memories can be so present into our life sometimes. Mm. And um, we do a a bilateral um, movement that can desensitize a lot of your symptoms and behaviors associated with past memories that are um, triggering you.
0: Yeah, I think that comes up, you know, I work with the 1st run community as well and that does tend to come up of some of the memories that are still impacting them today. So really important and good to know that that's something that, that you offer as well. Yes, definitely a lot of people like it because mm-hmm. you get quicker um results. Mm-hmm. We've talked about leaving corporate or maybe the steps that can be a part of that journey. We know it's not an easy one. And even once you make that decision and actually step out, it's also not an easy part of the journey either, right? You would think, I'm taking off this part that just doesn't align. It's all going to feel great after this. And then for some reason, (laughs) it doesn't, right? So what did it look like for you um, and what were the feelings that bubbled up around it?
1: Yeah, there was a lot of grief in the process because I was also letting go of parts of Vidi In um, that big dream, right? That dream job um, of going back to that same district. For me, it was like I was letting go um, of parts of Vidi that I had, I had outgrown too. Essentially, we're outgrowing those parts of ourselves and there's grief to that. Um, and it was really important for me to think about now what is, who is VD after this, right? And mm-hmm. building, building that new identity, because essentially when you go from like a nine to five to like entrepreneurship, that's a whole different world. And it's a whole different identity that you now have to like, be like, oh, that's me. That's going to be me. Or also like, who who do I want to be? Right. Mm-hmm. Um And it's kind of scary though, because when you're in a nine to five and corporate, like you said, like we're always being told you got to do this. Like these are the deadlines, like all this stuff. Right. So Mm -hmm. like now when you take that leap of faith, you're like, oh, shoot, it's all on me. Like, what do I want to do? Who do I want to become? What are my values? Right. Mm -hmm. Um, When people come across my services or my page, like, What do I want them to get out of um, being on this page um, or my website, right? Like, how do I want them to feel? For me, it's a lot about feelings as well. Um, And meeting someone that you only probably will meet once or um, as many times, but pretty much making an impact just by being present with them um, Mm -hmm. and leaving them better Than when you first met them um is key um as well with like really establishing that identity for yourself and who Mm. you are I mean there's so many of my clients that I have asked them like who are you simple question right it sounds simple but it's kind of like oh wow nobody has actually ever asked me that Mm -hmm. um Yeah, because as a child, too, right? In our culture, you're always being
0: told what you have to do. Like, right? So Who you are, what lines to stay within, kind of like you're presented with a box. Here's your box based on who the family that you were born into, the culture that you carry. And stepping outside of that box can be really intimidating if you haven't spent time, you know, um cultivating mm-hmm. a new box or your new normal or whatever that may be. Yeah.
1: Literally I, I I've been establishing my new no- my new normal and I keep calling it like I have a new new rhythm of life cuz my rhythm of life before was constantly on the go. My nervous system was on high alert. I was constantly being interrupted. It was crisis crisis and now my rhythm of life is so much slower but yeah. going from that to this like that itself was a whole process Ooh. for me to feel even comfortable Yeah, for sure. <laughs> with, with more stillness right with more mm-hmm. peace and not having this like hustle mentality and um that obviously it's ingrained in us as a first generation right and we're breaking these cycles and again going back to we break so many cycles subconsciously and consciously
0: Mm -hmm. yeah i think so one the identity piece when you're working for a company you may not realize how very little wiggle room there actually is even when you move up in a company, I come from an HR background and worked in in, uh, corporate offices. So that meant that I always was at the corporate of like multiple locations, right? Mm -hmm. And to me, that gives me this insight of how many decisions are made, like even from this is like HR, then there's a VP level, CEO level and um, ownership, right? So how many decisions are made up here? Then we get to HR, then there's a lot of decisions made here. And then all of those are trickled down to all of like, let's say the properties or the companies or the units or whatever. And then and then from there, there's departments. And then, there, you know, like, and so when it comes and it gets to you, there has been so many decisions and things already planned out and made. And so you're wiggling within this very small room or space. And you may not even realize it, but once you fully step out, you realize, wow, I was under still a very heavy system and and there were rules. And like you said, you, as uh, employees, we don't necessarily worry about the um, the small decisions of like, how do we want others to receive us or perceive us, you know, and all of that kind of stuff. Like those are made by the owners or the different departments. When you go into entrepreneurship on your own, you're the decision maker, you're the one that's receiving the feedback and also having to act on it. And I think it's really important for us to talk about this because in this day and age of social media, There may be a lot of people that are going to say, leave your corporate job, do your own thing. Hey, look over here, virtual assistants are making a lot of money. Look over here, like drop shipping, right? There may be so many things that make you feel like, I'm just going to leave. I'm just going to do it. But I want to always like maybe plant the seed of think about it and don't just jump ship right away without Knowing that it's not going to be like the super easy transition and, you know, like and and knowing the depth of the, the changes that you're making, not so that you don't do them, but so that you realize that those people that are maybe like in this hurry to get to just like promote their own um, trainings or coachings or whatever they're trying to yeah. do that maybe they don't like they're doing their job. So you have to do your job of protecting yourself, too.
1: Yes, I think there's not a set way honestly it's whatever your way is um and it's important to consider your overall areas of your life that you need to be okay with making that jump whenever that it's appropriate for you
0: Mm -hmm. yeah yeah with that being said i would love to know what is one of your favorite parts about being first gen
1: oh wow um there's so much, um, It's it, it can be exhausting um, because you're the first to do a lot of things and it's super unknowns um, a lot of the times, right? And um, I think that at the same time, it can be very empowering though. Mm-hmm. Um, I It feels very empowering to say like, I am the first to do this, right? And that I, have nieces and nephews, um, that I'm paving the way for them and letting them know, like, this is doable and it's okay. Um, you, you like, set, like setting that example for them, right. Um, it's super empowering. Um, and there's so much reward to that too. Um, but it can be very exhausting. It could.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I
1: think that it's super important that you get support along the way, whatever that looks like for you. Um, And for me, it's obviously the support systems, people I surround myself with, but also like my therapist and, um, spiritual, um, mentors and alternative healings that I do, um, along the way, because it's super important to have that community and that connection, um, when you're in entrepreneurship, because it can get very lonely. Um, and it's important that you, you yourself, you have to build community along the way.
0: Mm Mm-hmm. For those of you listening, I would love to ask you to ask yourself that question that you said earlier: Who yep. are you? We yes. want to know. I want to know. <laughs> so if you're Look watching, you. if you're watching on YouTube, make sure that you comment. If you're watching or if you're tuning in on uh, just uh, Spotify or Apple, maybe you know you, there's a section where you can comment or maybe you can message us. We want to know who you are. If you strip away your job title, Mm -hmm. your place in your family, right? Mm -hmm. what you do for others, who the F are you? Where can people find you if they want to check out your work and maybe get in touch with you? Share with us your socials, por favor. Of
1: course. Um, Instagram, you can find me at um, AmarTherapy. You can also be able to visit my website, AmarTherapy.com um you can definitely reach out to me if you want to work with me I'm currently accepting new clients at the moment um I also have a event um that I'm in the works of planning for um, 2023 which is healing connections you can also um find me on instagram at uh, healing connections and i therapy
0: Ooh, exciting. Healing Connections. Maybe you can tell us a little bit about that because I know when I heard about it, I was like, oh, that would have been or that still is like an amazing event that I would want to attend. I'm just not in California right now. But yeah, yeah tell, <laughs> tell us what it actually is, because I think it's a really cool concept.
1: Yeah. So Healing Connections and what it is, is I really wanted to be able to to make a bigger impact um more than just one-on-ones that i have with clients right so hosting an event that i'm bringing all these alternative um treatments to healing um and it can be breath work it can be energy work you can see um mental health therapists who be able to network with them massage therapists so it's a it's a um it's a day of self-care, um, essentially, too. So coming to this event um, and really getting to know who you are and what you mm. need um, and what's going to work for you. So you're getting a glimpse of every modality um, that you can try and really think about, like, where do you want your investment to go into, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so this event is just giving you a little taster of different approaches. Um, And I did one in September 2022. Um, We got so much feedback and people really loved it. And it was very intimate. And um, it was great. A lot of people right away were like, when's your next one? So we are planning it for March of 2023. um, Coming up.
0: Yeah. ooh, so exciting. Mm-hmm. All right. So next is the resource section, which means that I get to ask you what are some of the things that helped you in your journey for anyone that tuned in and maybe resonated with parts of your story and are like, okay, now what, what do I do now? <laughs> mm-hmm. So what is a favorite healing or mindful tool that has helped you?
1: Meditation. Meditation is a morning routine tool that I utilize um, to go within. Um, It's really hard to do at first, but as soon as you continue to make it a habit, meditation for me and being in stillness um, brings me a lot of peace. It grounds me um, on top of that. I I have to do body work. So if it's if if it's not, it's nothing too crazy that you can do like massage therapist, right? But you got to move your body. Our mm. body needs needs movement. Um our emotions need motion. So it's important that go on a short walk. Whenever I'm feeling kind of fatigued in here and like okay, I've been sitting too long, like I'm just in this like funk already. I like came across a wall, right? I go for a walk with my dog come back totally different person so Mm. um, little things like that that are free that um, can make such a big impact in your mental health Um, seeing my therapist um, and I do a lot of alternative treatment uh, modalities
0: as well what is a habit that you do for yourself every day I know you mentioned a couple too. <laughs>
1: yeah, I journaling is also another one that I do. Um I do my gratitude journal. Um gratitude is super important. Um and I have a journal by my my by, by my nightstand. Um so every if if it's not every morning, at least at night, one time a day, I try to write down my gratitude list um and things that are going well.
0: Mm a song a favorite song that you listen to when you need to feel inspired
1: wow um ooh. i love music but like i'm such sometimes i'm horrible with um name titles Oh, okay <laughs> uh, um I'm trying to think oh man i love mark anthony um mm. one of his i feel like mark anthony's songs Just his sazon and his like, um, yeah, his music can be uplifting. Um, Mm,
0: Okay. So salsa.
1: One of, I mean, I love salsa. I love um, bachata. Um, Definitely, I listen to majority Spanish music than English. Mm. I don't think people would actually know that.
0: (laughs) Me too. Yeah. I love Spanish music. Okay. Favorite quote or advice? Be the change you want to see in this world. Hmm. Who is an influencer that you follow that you feel positively inspired when you watch their content?
1: Mm, Therapy Lex., um, I think that mm. I really relate to a lot of what she posts um, and and she inspires me.
0: Perfect. And then a feel good. Powerful book or movie?
1: Powerful book. um, How to Heal Your Life by uh, Louis Hay is her last name. Body Keeps the Score is also a good Mm -hmm. book to Mm -hmm. be able to learn more about your body.
0: And this next section is just fun questions Pozole or tamales? Pozole. (laughs) Champurrado or hot chocolate? (laughs) Champurrado. Bad bunny or Daddy Yankee?
1: Bad Bunny. <laughs> I mean, hold on. Oh, that's kind of hard. Because like, I feel like Daddy Yankee is like OG.
0: And mm-hmm.
1: he... let's go back to <laughs> Daddy Yankee.
0: Daddy Yankee, okay. <laughs> Concha de vainilla or chocolate? Chocolate. And if we pull up to your favorite taco place, what is your taco order?
1: Oh wow. Actually I um have family members que son taqueros, so Ooh. I uh tres de asada y tres de chorizo.
0: <laughs> okay, con todo o la pura carne?
1: Um nomás cilantro y la carne. No I don't like onions. <laughs>
0: okay. <laughs> and salsa verde o roja? Verde. Verde. Okay, perfect. So now you guys know if you ever want to bring her tacos, you know what to get her. <laughs> <laughs> just there <kidding>. it is <laughs> but that is the end of the questions my dear so thank i you. want to just say yeah thank you so much for spending some time with us and coming on the podcast i love what you're doing i love watching your content i think that to me it's content that really is like so like resonates so much with yeah. uh the first gen community and this and our story so yeah thank you for what you do
1: thank you for having me
0: Yeah. And before I close it out, is there any last things that you'd like to say? I think that
1: going back always and asking yourself um, if you're truly happy and going back to self um, and doing what makes you happy, you'll never go wrong with that.
0: Mm, Beautiful. All right, guys, thank you so much for listening to today's episode. Please share it with your amigas, amigos, amigas. And remember, First Gen, I love you, I love me, and I can't wait for you to love yourself.
1: Yay! Bye. Bye!